Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it, I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program. And to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice, and this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week to get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I want to bring to your attention some of the issues of bias that are specific to online mediation. Um, I think that awareness is the beginning of the ability to know that bias might be an issue and to be able to do something about it in order to preserve our neutrality. Um, So these are not just the broad spectrum of bias or unconscious bias issues. I'm talking about things that are unique to technology-assisted mediation, and in my particular case, obviously, virtual mediations online through video conferencing. Uh, because we all know that one of the basic, you know, concepts and, and precepts of mediation is the idea of the mediator's neutrality. Uh, we all also may know how difficult that that can be in actual fact. Um, and that is in an in-person setting. There are various things that can affect mediator neutrality. I mean, I think we all can say that, you know, based upon personalities, et cetera, we, we can find it harder to um, relate to one of the parties or understand the position of one of the parties. But that is something that most of us who have been practicing in an in-person platform or, or setting are used to and have had time and experience to help us with um, in dealing with. But now we're online and there are some particular issues specific to the online platform that you may not even be aware of that might be affecting your neutrality, might be creating situations of unconscious bias. So I think that the key step, or at least where we're going to go today, is for all of us to at least be aware of these issues. Again, awareness is the beginning of solving the problem, I always think. I think I had a therapist in one of my cases tell me this uh, long ago in one of my family law cases. Um, So just again, there are certain specific elements of an online mediation that can affect neutrality and or make maintaining that neutrality more difficult. And we may not even be aware of this. That is really what um, I'm, I'm honing in on here because the issue of unconscious bias is something I think we've all heard, but let's think about it and talk about it today very specifically in accordance with online mediation. 
So the first situation where I have found that people can very quickly experience some um, some feelings of uh, lack of neutrality, we'll call it, with a participant is when you have someone who's unprepared, um, not ready for the online platform, um, haven't done their homework on knowing how to use the platform. They have not learned, you know, how to log on properly. Um, they don't have their name set up properly. They don't have uh, the ability or understand how to screen share. And this can be, I do want to make this clear that this goes throughout for both the clients as well as the advocates. So you all know that I am constantly talking about how important it is for both the advocates to be prepared themselves as well as getting their clients prepared. So here's a really big reason why it is so important, not only counselors to be prepared yourselves, but to make sure that your clients have been onboarded and are comfortable with the online platform that is being used. And that goes beyond just knowing how to log into Zoom. I've, I've said it once, I'm going to say it every single time. It is more, online mediation is about more than just knowing how to get into a Zoom meeting. And if that is all you know how to do, you are not doing your job as an advocate well, and you are not preparing your client well. And think about this. Think about the last online meeting you were in where someone didn't know how to use the technology. It's irritating. People who do know how to use it or did take the time to prepare properly for the mediation that is now virtual are going to feel irritated, short of patience with the person who didn't take the time. So that is that first instance. Now, this can be resolved by making sure that you are taking the proper amount of time, take a training, go and practice online. I tell everybody, you can watch my training. You can do my on-demand course. There is no substitute for getting some friends, family, or colleagues on to a platform and practicing with them. And that's for my mediators out there as well. We all need to practice. Anything new requires that we're going to take some time. But do not be in the position of creating that feeling of irritation, of disadvantaging your client because you, either you, the advocate, are stumbling along with the technology or even worse, that your client is. The other issue that you may have is where someone is not properly set up. So they may understand how to use the online platform, Zoom or Modren or Legaler or DRO, all my favorite platforms, they may very well understand how to use it, but they're sitting there, as I always say, with that bright window behind them and you can't see their face. They're in shadow. Um, I think my usual phrase is they look like deep throat through the Watergate hearings, right? But think about that. So you've got a screen full of participants in this mediation and one of them is all in shadow or you're looking up their nose or you've only got their forehead. For those of you who are watching this on um, 
on the video, you can see I'm like describing some of these things or who have this set up so that they're it's, you know, over to the side and they're not looking at the screen or their lighting is too strong on their face and they're squinting in bright light. I'm doing all of these things in the video just so you can see, but understand that as important as the um, is the understanding of how to use the platform is, it's also important to be properly set up. And this goes right back to that preparation because think again about those feelings. So you have a mediator or you have parties who are listening to one of the participants speak and the only view you have of them because they aren't set up properly or the, because they're in shadow is that either you're looking at their forehead or it's very dark in the room and you can't see their face. Well, I've talked about all the time, 55% or more of our communication is through our facial features. So you are disadvantaged when you are not properly visible. And that disadvantage can also lead to a lack of connection, a lack of understanding the feelings. Because if all that the mediator is getting or the other participants is getting is what someone is saying without the additional communication of the facial features, your client is being disadvantaged and may and bias may come into the situation. I've got one person over here who's participating and who is clearly visible. I can see the drama or trauma on their face. My empathy is up. And unconsciously, when I'm not getting that from the other participant or participants, that leads to that potential for an unconscious bias situation. Now, another situation that I have come up all the time that can create issues is we have people who are, instead of being um, sort of stone-faced, are really animated online and their facial expressions are exaggerated and their voices are amplified because they have their volume up really loud or because they get really close to their microphone or they're leaning into the screen all the time or poking their hands in and doing this. Again, everything is amplified visually because you are so focused on the shoulders up. So again, this is one of those things that can lead someone to be somewhat put off. You've got someone who's constantly getting into the camera. I'm sorry, I'm making funny faces into the camera, but I see this in mediations all the time where you have one of the parties who is angry. I do divorce mediation. I get a lot of angry people and they get that angry and they get that look on their face and they get into the screen and it's almost that feeling of someone getting into your face. And it may be in person, they would have been getting into the face of the other party or the attorney. But when you're on screen, it's into everyone's face who's on the screen. And again, that will bring up emotional content that can bring up that unconscious bias. People need to be made aware of these situations. If you have a client who is, or you, as an advocate, are very expressive, you may wish to take a step back, move further away from the screen. It might be better to be a little bit smaller head on the screen than one who's right up in there making those funny faces. Um, so another issue, and it really will go to 
those people at sort of the opposite end of the spectrum of what I was just talking about are the people who are unable to emote through the screen. And there are though I'll call those the stone-faced people, right? The people who have difficulty in the online setting or in any setting being emotional. But because, you know, maybe their emotion shows in that shaking leg, I, I hear that phrase, oh, we're missing the tapping foot of the shaking leg. Sure, you may be missing that. And maybe that tells you a lot about their emotion. But for an online mediation situation where we're so used to seeing an amplified um level of emotion in the facial expressions, when you can't see the full body, you may feel you have an unemotional person or you have a person who is not impacted. And again, this can, because the, it's, it's not that you don't see people who don't emote in an in-person mediation, but you've learned to expect that. You've learned to understand that there may be other ways that they're, they're you know, hiding their emotion or keeping their emotion down in the in-person or the online mediation. That's what I'm talking about where you are. It's a new platform for you. And these things may not be things that you're even aware of creating an emotional response in you. And that emotional response can be considered a, a bias or can be, have something to do with impacting your neutrality. Now, another one that comes up for me all the time, and I will, I will admit to being guilty of this one, and I have to be very, very conscious of this one because I tell everyone that the Wi-Fi connection, the internet connection is so important that I, you know, I tell people before the mediation, I tell them at the beginning of the mediation, I do everything I can to help them make sure that they have a strong and secure internet connection. And then you get that person who logs on from, you know, the remotest corner of their home that has a horrible connection and their screen keeps freezing and their video is wonky and their audio is all distorted. And it is frustrating because you've told them, you've given them, you know, the, the time to get set up properly with their internet connection. And even when it's not their fault, and this happens all the time, it's so frustrating to try and participate in an online proceeding where someone's video or someone's audio or both are not working properly. And that is definitely one of those situations where people, professionals report to me all the time that this is something that they find brings up those feelings of frustration, irritation, um, just that feeling like this person didn't properly prepare. We all did what we were supposed to do. It kind of goes back to the person who wasn't properly set up. Um, and then, you know, there's a couple, there's, there's one more that I do think is significant. Um, and, and I think that every attorney should be aware of this. Every mediator needs to be aware of it. And the clients need to be made aware of it. I get a number of cases where one party will resist strenuously being visible on the screen. And I've heard every excuse. I've heard my hair's not done. I've heard my house is a mess. I've heard I'm self, you know, just every reason you could possibly think of where someone does not want to be visible. And so you have them calling in. Now, I understand that there are situations where someone needs to call in. But we're talking about unconscious bias. So if you have that situation, 
be aware of this because now you have a person who's just a voice and a telephone number likely that's showing on the screen unless you've done what I suggest and at least change that telephone number to the person's name. But you are now only hearing what they have to say, hopefully have a clear enough connection to get some inflection in their tone, but you've lost 55% of the communication because you don't have a visual on them. And that in and of itself can create feelings of bias, can create that situation where they're almost a non-participant in the proceeding. You can see everyone else, they seem to be there. But this person or persons who are on the telephone feel like less of a participant. They are less invested. They're less participatory in what is happening. And I, so I always caution participants who are resisting being visible for a reason that is not, that is in their control. I understand there are reasons out of your control, but when it's something that my hair isn't done and therefore I don't want to appear online, I, I want them to understand they may be disadvantaging themselves. Yes, you know, that is my job as the mediator to be aware of, but these are things that many of us had not ever thought of. Most of these things are things that I have found as I have gone through my five or six years now of being an online mediator to have created these feelings or have these issues that, that continue to arise. And I think, as I said, you know, at the very top of this episode, the key to maintaining your neutrality is to be aware of these situations that can create the feelings of bias or the feelings of, um, of being less disposed toward one of the parties. We are all experienced mediators or hope maybe new mediators, but one of the things we're constantly working on is our neutrality. Well, understand that in your online medium, you may have new challenges that you haven't experienced before. So be aware of all of these situations that we've gone through here. And also just be aware of your own feelings. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but it is something that's critically important for us as professionals to be aware of. Anytime we are doing something in a new way, there are potential new issues. There are a myriad of pluses and benefits to doing mediations online. I talk about those all the time. You're probably tired of hearing them, but there are downsides. And one of those downsides is this potential for bias. So I hope that this raised some awareness for you. I invite you all to really put some thought into this. Now that you've heard this list, I I'm guarantee you when one of these situations come up, I hope that it's going to be popping into your mind. So I hope that you all find this helpful. And if you have any questions, as always, please feel free to reach out to me at susan at learntomediateonline.com. I'm always, always happy to answer your questions, hear your comments, or um, let me know a topic that you'd like me to be covering on the uh, Learn to Mediate online podcast. So thanks for joining me and I'll see you again next week. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie. And if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell me what you did like in a review. 
Join me each Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to hear another episode and be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss one. Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com and you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com. I'll see you next week.